Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Okay, today I'm going to speak um, about friendship. Uh, and, you know, if you're like me, you've had great friends. And you've had not so great friends, right? I mean, that kind of happens. Um, we have friends that we want to be around all the time, and we have friends that we don't want to be around all the time. Um, but I guess I just want to talk about like what kind of friend are we? And of course, in Proverbs, it says many, many things about friendship and how we relate to people, how we act. Um, and I'm not going to be able to get to all those verses, but I would encourage you to read Proverbs and study like each of these different topics that we're talking about on Sunday, but then there's even so many more like to take and just try to pick out every verse that, that talks about these things because there's so many. I couldn't possibly get to all of them uh, in, in one service. So just study that. It will help you. It'll make you better. It's making me better, and it's making us better, and that's what Proverbs should do, okay? So a good friend should be refreshing to be around. Are, are we refreshing? Um, and so I think I'm going to title this message, well, that's refreshing. Because <clears throat> have you ever had, like, have you ever been around somebody, and, and you said, like, well, that's refreshing, Whenever, whenever you like left, whenever you were hanging out with them and, and it was like just a great time and you felt like you actually like had the biggest drink of like spring water that you ever had and you just feel like, wow, like that felt good. Well, that's refreshing. That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about today. What kind of friend are we? Are we the friend that is needed or avoided? You know, like, because there's those kind of friends. I mean, you say, oh, yeah, they're my friend, but I just don't like to be around them that, that much, you know. Um, and so, of course, I've got lots of stories, but more, a more recent one that, that I will say, and he probably doesn't want me to say it, and I didn't ask him, but um, it's not bad or anything. It's just... Uh, you know, <laughs> Stephen Hilster is over there. Yeah, he's like, what? Um, but Stephen and Julie are friends of ours and have been for a, a super long time. And it was just the funniest thing. This one time they had us over for dinner. It was a, quite a while ago. And uh, they made, he made like, I don't know, it was like steaks and potatoes and all this stuff. And, and so we sit down to eat and I'm making my potato and if you know me, it takes me a long time to just prepare to get ready to eat. You know, I've got stories even like whenever I was a teenager, my friends would just like sit there and be like, because like we'd go to Lion's Choice and, you know, they wrap it in that like foil wrapping paper and I would like unfold it and then I would like flatten it out real flat, real good and flat. 
so that I could put my fries on there and get my ketchup where I needed on the piece of paper. And everything was put in a place and they were like halfway done with eating. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for my first bite. Let's go. So anyways, we're over at Julie Stevens' house and, and uh, I'm fixing my potato. And like one of my pet peeves is if like the potato starts falling apart, it has to, you know, whenever you, you see those pictures, I feel like I'm making this story longer than it should be, but it's good. It's a good story. <clears throat> when you see those pictures and commercials of, of food, you know that's like not real. Like they like glue it together and stuff. But whenever I make a potato, I want it to look like it is in a picture of the perfect baked potato. So I'm sitting there making this, and then sour cream on top. You got the salt and the pepper. And Stephen's like looking over me like, can you make my baked potato, please? (laughs) And it was just this funny moment, but it didn't even stop there, you know, because like every time he goes somewhere and has a baked potato, he like posts, he's like, man, where's my friend Josh to make my baked potato? (laughs) And I love it. It's, it's refreshing, like, just to be around Julian Stephen. I'm not, I'm not going to focus on Stephen all day, but I'm just, I'm just trying to make a point. There's just something about being around somebody that you love to be around, that when you're around them, you feel filled up and not drained, where you don't feel like they suck the life out of you because you are around them. I see, oh, you guys are like, yeah, Amen. but just being a friend that is refreshing. In Philemon 1, verse 7, it says, For we have great joy and consolation, comfort. It means comfort. We have great comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. It's amazing. He's, he's telling him, he's like, listen, the, who you are and the way that you act and your faith and your love, it's a comfort and it's refreshing to those that are around you. I want somebody to say that about me. And, and now you can't do it because I said I want somebody to do it. So if you do it, it's just because I said it. So just don't do it yet. Maybe a little bit. Okay. But don't we all want people to say that about us? But what kind of a friend are we actually being? We, we want somebody to say, oh, that was refreshing, and they refreshed me. They lifted me up. They built me up. But what kind of a friend are we? And Paul is saying here, he's like, listen, the saints have been refreshed. The people that you've been around, those that you've spoken to, those that you've told about God, they've been refreshed by you. In Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25, it says, <clears throat> the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Now, this doesn't mean that, like, if you go out just being that kind of person and you're always going to the ones that suck the life out of you, that you're going to get refreshed. But it does mean 
it does mean that if we are refreshing, if we are giving life to others, if we are pouring into others, if we are lifting people up, we know that God, that He will refresh us, that He will lift us up, that He will be there in those times. And, and he is the ultimate refreshment. It's a commercial right there. It's like the tagline. He is the one that will always be there. The friends won't always, but he will. And there's two kinds of people. I've kind of spoken about this already, but that come, in, come into our lives and... And the first one is, is the one that you go away happier after you've been around them. The first one is the one that it was a great time and you want to spend more time with them. And the second one is, is the one that you go away and you're like, man, that wasn't the best experience. I, I, didn't, I didn't really enjoy that. I feel like the life was sucked out of me. Oscar Wilde said, some cause happiness whenever they go, or where, sorry, some cause happiness wherever they go, others whenever they go. <clears throat> it's good, isn't it? Some cause happiness wherever they go, others whenever they go. Are people happier? Let me just rephrase that as a question for us. Are people happier when, wherever we go? Or are people happier whenever we go, whenever we leave? That, that's the question that I really I want to ask myself on the daily, on a daily basis. If I go somewhere, are people going to be happier because I'm there, or are they going to be happier when I leave? Am I, am I being somebody that, that people want me to be around? In Proverbs 27, 9, it says, Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel. Or counsel of the heart. Like, it it's refreshes, or it's, it's of the soul. It says, ointment and perfume, they make us feel good and smell good. But those things are superficial. But a person that is sweet, that actually lifts others up, that gives delight to a friend, they... they actually feed their soul. The perfume and, and all that stuff might smell good for a little bit, but, but actually what's inside is what matters. Are we giving delight to the hearts of our friends? Are, are we delighting them? That I want to be that kind of person. And I know that, I know that I've, I've struggled with this. Again, if you've known me for a while, I'm not the most talkative person. I think I've said this before, but whenever we were teenagers, Tori and I talked on the phone. Actually, it was Tori that talked on the phone. 
It wasn't me so much. And not because she's a, you know, huge, big talker, you know, like that she just rambles on. It's just that I just wouldn't talk that much. You know, and I haven't been the one that reaches out all the time, and I'm trying to get better. So, sorry if I haven't, you know, responded to your text messages. I'm really bad at that. But but are we are a refreshing person? Do we project friendliness? You know, so these, these kind of people that are talked about here in Proverbs, that what are, what are some of the qualities that, that they have? They project friendliness. In Proverbs 15, it says, a friendly smile makes you happy and good news makes you feel strong. Good news makes... So are we... Are we coming into conversations with a happy heart, with a smile on our face? Are, are we speaking into people's lives in a way that actually makes them strong? Because it can be the opposite. Because the things that we say and the way that we project ourselves can actually weaken people also. But are, are we actually lifting them up and strengthening them by being around? In Proverbs 18.24, it says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. If you have friends and you aren't friendly, you probably won't have friends very long. That's what I get out of that. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And of course, this is talking about about Jesus. And and I'm going to come back to that part of it a little bit later, but Sometimes we're like, man, why don't I have more friends? And we look around and it's like, hey, there's not good friends. There, there's people, just, they don't, you know, like, why, why can't I keep good friends? And we're looking around and maybe picking out qualities of people and the reasons that's why they're not my friend or why that's why I can't actually get close to people is because of this and this person. And, you know, usually we, we look outward at things instead of looking inward. We try to, to pull out the things that other people are doing as reasons why, a lot of the time, when we should be looking inward and seeing, saying, like, maybe there's a reason in me that this isn't happening. Am I being friendly? And it seems like just even just like a childish word sometimes. You're like, oh, yeah, friendly. You know, we tell our kids to be friendly. Like as some, somehow as like an adult, we don't have to be that way. No, I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to do this. And, and people are just supposed to, you know, do what I say at work. And, and my friends, they need me to speak strong into, my, into their life. Yes, 
They do, but they also need you to be friendly. They also need you to be loving. They also need you to be there with them in the moment that they're struggling. And it's not always about being hard. What kind of friend are we being? Proverbs 18.4, it says, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. Are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Are our words a flowing brook or are they a tsunami? Both are water. But have you ever been next to a flowing brook? You know? They have like screensavers and it's calming. It gives this feeling to you when you watch this like, you know, video of a flowing brook. If you're actually sitting next to it, you feel it. It's just like this something that's refreshing being by this water that's just gently flowing out that gives life to everything around it. You know, it's like you're like, it's so clear, it's so pure, it's so refreshing, and it's just giving life everywhere it goes. And then there's a tsunami. Again, water, but you don't have screensavers of tsunamis. You, you have horror movies of tsunamis, right? Because a tsunami is water, but it's actually like this one of the strongest forms of water that decimates a city that's by the ocean, that knocks everything down and completely brings buildings to, to crumble and to ashes. It's just nothing after it comes by. So I ask again, are our words a flowing brook? Pure, clear, giving life to everything around it, or are they a tsunami? And I believe too many times, and I say this about myself too, too many times our words are a tsunami. We want to be right. We, we want to, you know, win the argument or, or whatever. We want to tell somebody what we know. And we know more than you. All these different reasons we come in like a, like a crashing hundred foot wave. And like it doesn't matter my words. There's going to be so many coming out of my mouth that it's just going to knock them over. And we feel like that that'll make us feel good. But really what's more refreshing to us? I've already read it, I think. It says, whenever we refresh others, we'll be refreshed. Not when we knock people over. Not, not when we win the argument. Not when we, you know, kick them while they're down. When we are refreshing others, that's when we, in turn, will be refreshed. give you a little insight into my life. Sometimes people come a little too strong for me. 
I don't do well, and maybe it's that little bit defiant and whatever in me, but when somebody comes on real strong, like real loud and strong, you know, we know not that loud is a bad thing, but you can tell that there's a reason that they're being so loud and so strong, that they want to overpower the room with who they are. And, and I struggle with that. And maybe it's because I like to just sit back and more times than not, I'm just sitting back and watching and, and, and kind of observing and kind of seeing what's going on. But I think about sometimes that I do come on too strong. Whenever I feel like I'm right. Why are you smiling? Okay. You know, like, and I think, man, something that I, I get irritated about is something that I do. And there's so many times that we all do that. There's things that, that irritate us or that we're like, ooh, man, I can't believe that person was like that. And we don't realize we're doing some of the same things that we're seeing in other people. Like I said, remember, we usually look out. And so many times when we look out, we see all these things, and we don't see that we are doing some of the same things. But God wants us to be refreshing to others. He wants us, when we walk out of a room, for somebody to say, well, that was refreshing. Proverbs eleven twenty five it says, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. This word here, this Hebrew word, is a term that's actually used for watering plants or an abundance of rainfall. So like, I'm just thinking about this scripture and saying the generous soul will be made rich. Of course, it's, it's talking about when you give, when you give, it will be given to you. When you're not stingy, when you're not holding on to everything, you think like, man, I got to hold on to this stuff. I got to protect myself and, and what I have. And, and in that way, we hold on. We actually put a cap on ourselves. And generosity is held away from us. But, but when we are generous, in that we are made rich. Then there's generosity poured onto us. But then it says, and he who waters will also be watered. He who waters, like watering a plant. Are we watering or are we withering? Are we causing things to wither? William Arnott Arnott said, it comes to this, if we be not watering, we are withering. If we're not watering, we're withering. If we're not watering others, we're causing, we're 
not giving life to them. And I think about like plants in our house, they don't really do amazing. Um, you know, a peach tree that's out front of my house, and I don't know whatever reason, might have been because I didn't water it enough, that I've spoken about in other messages, it actually died this last year. It was kind of a sad time. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, but plants don't usually do that great in our house. And I don't know, maybe it's because it's so crazy in, in our house with, you know, all the kids and the dogs and everything. But, but I think about that whenever I actually look at a plant. When I look at a plant and it's beautiful, it's green, it's lush, it's growing, you can see, you know, sometimes you can almost see a plant grow. You come in the next day and it's taller and you're like, I can see the growth on this plant. When we're actually watering those plants and feeding them and actually giving them attention that they will flourish and they will grow. But when I don't, when we don't, and, and when we get busy and, and worry too much about ourselves and thinking inward in, in, in a bad way, you know, about what we have to do and we forget that there's plants that need to be watered and all of a sudden they start withering. All of a sudden they start to get brown around the edges. And it's the same with our life, it are our friendships and our acquaintances with those around us. That we are water. We are refreshing. We, we are those brooks, right? Those, those fl sweet flowing brooks that bring life to the things that are around us. So are we watering or are we withering? Another thing about being a friend in Proverbs is about being cheerful. This is another one that, that maybe I've struggled with. I'm just going to tell you about my life so I don't have to talk about yours because I could talk about some of yours, okay? <clears throat> but I'm a loving person, and I like to have fun. But just in a general frame of mind and day, I'm not the most cheerful person, you know? And even I've been told, like, whenever I get gifts, I'm not... I don't have the best response, you know? I blame that on something. I don't know what, but. <clears throat> but I've, I've tried to work on that. And we, we do have one that I want to be like in our household. We have a child that you want to give gifts. Like you want to do it because of the reaction that's going to happen when you give the gift. I'm serious. And I think about that. Yeah, you know it's you, Ansley. <clears throat> like, you, you like just the tiniest little thing, and you're like, here, I got this for you. And she's like, for me? Are you serious? You know, it's like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. You know, and it's like this. And you're like, I did. Yeah. I, I did get that for you, you know? And it's like the cheerfulness that comes out. But see what I just told you, what I showed you, what happens? Her reaction, her cheerfulness actually gave life 
to me, to all of us. Like sometimes we're sitting around and we just laugh and just like, because like Ansley's like jumping up and down and we're like, it's just a piece of paper, you know? Just kidding. We don't give her pieces of paper as gifts. But it just doesn't matter. She loves and, and gets so excited. And it actually lifts the whole room by her being cheerful. In Proverbs 15, 13, it says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but, a, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. By sorrow of the heart. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. And not just on yourself, it makes a cheerful countenance on those around you. It lifts a room. It puts smiles on faces everywhere you go. But sorrow of the heart breaks the spirit. Man. Think about that, like when I'm going around places, am I, am I breaking people's spirit? Am I bringing them down? Because I, like we read these scriptures, and that's what I, I love to see, is like I look at myself and try to relate this to what my life looks like and how I act and what I do, and then what is supposed to happen. And it, see, you know, you can like, like reverse that and, and say, okay, in this situation, how did the people leave? And then I can tell how good I did at being a friend. And of course... Proverbs also says a cheerful heart is like good medicine. It's like medicine. Think about that. Not just lifting up a room, but actually being medicine. What does medicine do when there's something broken, when there's sickness, whenever there is something that is not how it's supposed to be, and you bring medicine into that situation? It heals. It mends, it strengthens, it does all those things. And to think about that, having that cheerful heart, having that happy heart. And, you know, we used to say this to our kids, you know, and, and I feel like so many times we said it to ourselves too. It was one of those things like, hey, this is a teaching moment for my kids that ended up being a teaching moment for myself, you know? Because we would say it so many times, especially when they were younger, you know, and you're, you're trying to, to help them to understand how we should react to things and, and how we should uh, be in certain situations, you know, and when, when a kid, they like start screaming and, and crying and they're so upset and like, I want this cookie, you know, it's usually what it was about, something like that. You know, I want this. I, I, ah, ah. It's usually what it was like. And you're like, can you have a happy heart? 
Like, can we have, and literally we would make them fold their hands and sit there and ask them, do you have a happy heart? And it would usually take a while, but it would come to the point where they would be like, okay, yeah, yes, I do. I realize that I was overreacting or throwing a fit or whatever. I realized that my arms were flailing and my voice was really loud and, 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 I, was, and I was just screaming really for no reason at all. And I relate that to myself and so many times where things happen and I, you know, something happens. For me, it's not really, you know, big things that happens. It's usually the accumulation of all the stuff and then we had this moment, okay? <laughs> and there, there was, I don't remember all the other stuff that was going on, but there was like a recall on uh, Tori's car. The paint was like peeling above the windshield, and uh, it was something about bad paint when they were painting it. And, and so they had it in the shop, and, and they were repainting it. And I don't know, I can't even remember what all the other stuff that was going on throughout that, those couple of weeks. But I was picking up one of our kids from school and, and they called and they're like, hey, we were trying to take the windshield out of your car when, so that we could paint it and uh, we actually broke the windshield. Um, so, you know, you're gonna have to replace that. And I literally lost my mind. Like, Literally, whoever it was I was picking up, I don't even remember. I don't even remember driving home, I don't think. And, and I went home, and, and Tori was there uh, in the living room, and I walked through the door, went straight upstairs, right on the bed, and I was like, you know? And she comes up, and she's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, they called and the windshield's broken, you know, and then we're going to have to replace it and it's just something else that we have to pay for and all this stuff. And she's like, we have insurance. Like, we have to pay like 50 bucks. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And I was just, like in that moment, I saw myself as like that little kid. And I'm just flailing and screaming, and there's not actually anything going on that really should necessitate me losing my mind, but I am. I feel like I'm going crazy because they called and told me my windshield was broken, and they're going to have to replace it, and now I have to pay 50 bucks, you know? And I'm serious. I, I am dead serious. This is a true story. And I think about that, and I think about our kids, I think about teaching them, and I think about where, where was my heart in that? What was, what was my heart doing? And I, I believe that it, I was just, had lots of stuff to deal with, and you know, there was lots going on, there was stress, there was all this stuff, right? You know, I'm not going to like diminish that. But the problem was my heart wasn't happy. 
The problem was I allowed myself to get to the place where I was just angry because I was dealing with all this stuff. The problem was is that it wasn't the windshield. It was how I was reacting and dealing with all these things that were going on. Because I wasn't letting God refresh me. I was holding on to all this stuff, trying to take care of it, trying to be strong myself and just say, yeah, I'm going to get through it and all this stuff. Trying to be strong, really, most of the time, at least for me, ends up in me breaking. Most of the time. You know the harder things are usually, the more brittle they are. You ever, you know they have these like rings now that are like, I don't know, it's like tungsten and stuff like that. Gold, you know the good old-fashioned gold rings, and you can smash them and bend them, but those new ones, they're a lot harder. And you know that if you put pressure on those, too much pressure, they'll just completely like break apart in pieces. And my point in that is that the harder we try to be, the less moldable, the less malleable we are, the more brittle we are. You might be, be able to stay harder for a little bit longer, to stay the same shape for a little bit longer, but when a little bit more pressure comes, you're not just going to get a little out of shape, you're going to break. You'll be broken a million pieces. So we need to stay moldable before God, allowing Him to work on us in all these moments that we're in. We need friends. We need those that will encourage us. We need to be refreshing to others so that we can be refreshed. Back to Proverbs 18, 24, and it just says, A man who has, a, who has friends must himself be friendly, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. If the team would come back up. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Listen, there's one who actually has shown us how we can do this. And it's Jesus that no matter what's going on in our lives, he's not going to run away. He's not going to give us wrong advice. He's not going to beat us down. He may correct us, but that correction is in love, right? As we spoke about last week, and Pastor Tori mentioned that during the week, I said, I said in, in a moment, I said, correction is protect, protection that that is something that is for our good. But he sticks closer than a brother. There is no one closer to us than our creator, the one who spoke us into existence. And he wants us to stay close to him. He's there, but he wants us to turn our hearts toward him and allow him to speak into our lives in a way that, that we can be 
the cheerful, refreshing people that he's created us to be. He didn't create us to be hateful. He didn't create us to be mad or mean or hard. He created us for relationship. We are created for relationship with him and with others, with those around us. And the way that he created us is to be loving, is to be cheerful and happy. And too many times, like, stuff in our life goes on and happens and starts to make us hard. It starts to, you know, make us want to just go away and, and, and wall off ourselves to not be around people. But we're supposed to be around people. We need to be around people. No matter if you're an extrovert or an intro, introvert. And we, Pastor Joy and I have talked about this a, a lot. Because some people just love to be around people. It's like all they want to do. Don't want to be alone ever. Some people just want to be alone all the time. And don't want to be around people. And there's good things and bad things in each of those. Because we need space by ourselves to, to be able to just be with ourselves and God. As well as being around people. But what is our heart in each of those actions? Is our heart to be refreshing? Is our heart to be joyful, to be cheerful? Is it to be like Jesus? That's my question today. When we walk away from conversations, when we walk away from going to maybe to lunch or coffee with somebody, is somebody going to say, well, that was refreshing. Because that's who God created us to be. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.